0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Renegade Pop Culture Podcast. This is a special RPC Capes episode focused on comic books and all of that good stuff. Uh, With me today, I have a very special guest. His name is David Bishop. He is the writer, artist, and creator of a comic called Of Stone. Very good title, by the way. How are you doing, David? Thank you very much.
1: (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. I can't tell you um, how difficult it is. See, I've, I've called it Of Stone, but when I'm talking about it, Mm-hmm. Sometimes the word of goes in front of it. Yeah. So saying of, of stone gets really awkward. Yes. So I got to think of like different ways to say it, you know? <laughs> so, like, I am the writer artist of, of stone. It, yeah. There you go. Sounds weird, right?
0: But, uh, well, you know, we're all about the weird here uh, yeah. on RVs. I RPC mean, I probably could have named okay. it better, but considering the. I, considering I mean, the it fits itself, with, yeah, it fits with the character and yeah. it fits with the whole mythology that you're setting up, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is really awesome. He reminds me of the Hulk so much. Um, I love Hulk it, so much, yeah. Is it is it gone or Gan? Gan. The way did you pronounce the character? Gan? Gan? Okay. yeah. He really reminds me of of the Hulk, yeah. like the sort of gray Hulk where he's intelligent and can speak and everything.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I was, um, I've always been a huge fan of the Hulk. I think uh, one of my first Halloween costumes that I remember was, uh, I think it was eight years old. And I was watching the uh, the Incredible Hulk TV show with like Lou Ferrigno and oh, nice. Bill Bixby. And man, I just loved that show so much. So I had to be the Hulk for Halloween. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it was October in Montreal, so it was cold. Oh, wow. <clears throat> but my mom had gone to painstaking lengths to paint me green Like <laughs> The legs the chest the arms the face oh my goodness <laughs> of course i had the shock of red hair not much to be done about that so i was a red-haired hulk <laughs> but it was cold and she's like david you need to wear your coat it's very cold outside and i got so mad because the hulk doesn't wear a coat yeah 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 you know what i mean so i absolutely <laughs> refused to wear a coat and oh no she sent me the picture and i was laughing about it she goes yeah you don't remember the hard time that you gave me but not wearing a coat at the end of october it's almost winter and not wearing a coat, or basically just wearing shorts, trick or treating. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, exactly, exactly. So I've always had had a thing for the Hulk. Um, yeah. You know, surprisingly, I never picked up a lot of Hulk comics. Hmm. But But uh, you know, I always had a soft spot for him. I really want to pick up um, the Immortal Hulk
0: yeah series, that's a, I hear that's just crazy i hear it's a really good book i and, i'm so i have a backlog so i haven't started on immortal hulk yet but well i heard it's, it's kind of like a horror almost
1: and, see um, I, th-
0: I think that's the way to do it with hulk I, yeah. I think that yeah you want to definitely lean into the horror element and kind of bring that to the fore
1: well i mean it almost reminds me of what they did with swamp thing
0: yes when, very uh, much so
1: mm-hmm. when you know they they rebooted the swamp thing and yeah. geared more towards horror it yeah. just fits so well that people were just like well of course something is horror. you know what i mean <laughs> and it, you know and then of course that introduces a whole new element to it like
0: mm-hmm. um
1: constantine and uh, yes. the specter yes. and phantom stranger etrigan all that stuff it just fit within that that universe now whereas before it might have might not have fit so well yeah you know really yeah, so it, i really i really want to check that out it and it matches the vertigo sort mm-hmm, of yeah mm-hmm. like i i love the uh when they brought hulk back uh when mark Silvestri was doing it
0: yes i just
1: love the way that man draws like
0: oh yeah
1: all the yeah. way back to when i was collecting x-men comics back in my my teens and early 20s he was doing uh he was doing an x-men run which was like just the way he draws it just I mean, it's almost sketchy, but
0: yeah. But it, his lines have purpose. It has, yeah, it, yeah. <clears throat> it has a real energy to it, and it has a real like, yeah. You know, there's, there's, like you said, there's purpose behind it. You can tell yeah. that what he's drawing has, like, it's leading you somewhere as the mm-hmm. reader as well. Mm-hmm.
1: And when you see his art, like, you know, it's his.
0: You exactly. It. There, there's yeah. certain artists that you just know
1: it's theirs, and there's a lot of great artists out there, but. Their style is um, not as obvious, you know? Yeah. Um, like, you know, you see an Art Adams, you know it's Art Adams. You yes, see, um, yes. Barry Windsor Smith, there's another one.
0: Yeah, Barry like, Windsor Smith. You know um, when he's drawn something. Bilson Kiewicz is another Absolutely. one where it's like, yeah, you can clearly pick them out. Yeah, like I, um, I loved his run on, on
1: Moon Knight. That was... Yeah, that was spectacular.
0: Yeah, that was really good. And Mm. one of the things that I like about your art is the textures that I see. Like, there's a lot of, like, even even with Gan, with the way he has those, I I don't know if it's supposed to be, like, it it looks almost like mud or something that covers his forearms. And the texture that you added there is just, it's so great. And, like, he has the rings on him and everything. Like, That there's that one scene where, where with with Gan and his wife, and she pulls one of the rings out. And I was just I literally flinched when I read that panel. So I was like, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, for me, that was that was them being playful.
0: Oh yeah. Because yeah. The
1: ring, the rings are like a sign of of his royalty or his mm-hmm. position with the people.
0: But it's like it's it's almost like in his you know it's attached to his skin like and yeah. and i just i oh my god i flinched when i read it yeah Oof.
1: and so she's she's great. sort of asserting her place with yes. him as like to everybody else you're the king yeah but to me you're my husband
0: yeah yeah right? she says that and she just like oh my gosh it's playful but at the same time i was like ow uh, yeah yeah <laughs> but it's great um yeah. but yeah like you know like i was saying though the the texture that your art has and even like with um uh with uh Gaiety is that her name? Yep. Gaiety? Yep. Yeah. Yep. When she comes in and you see her in like her sort of her her like fur coat that she wears when she goes yep. into battle. Yeah. You can see the texture of the fur. Yeah. Which is something that i really love. Um and like just just your art has that to it and it, it it's something that i feel might be a little bit lacking in a lot of the mainstream stuff that i read nowadays it, yeah. it seems like everything is very um <clears throat> kind of like homogenized okay uh, in terms of the art so you know maybe that's just me maybe my, maybe i'm expecting too much sometimes yeah. but uh i don't know it, it just like i miss that i miss that texture and i miss that like the the subtle the subtlety of the shading and everything mm something that I miss in artwork now.
1: I mean, I think for me, something like that is it's an it's all a part of the character, right? Like just as you draw a character's face, what they wear has to reflect who they are as well. Like my my yeah. idea for gaiety was like, okay, so what happens to Red Sonia when she's old? <laughs> right? She's had a few pints too many. It's true. It's you true. You know what I mean? She like reminded she's still me of that she's still yeah. that fierce warrior. Mm-hmm. You know, but she's an older woman now.
0: She's still rocking the double axes, you know. Yep. Yep. Yeah, she's still ready to go. Yeah. And then you have these really interesting enemies that are sort of like they're almost like living shadows. Yep. Um, and forgive me because I'm gonna probably butcher this the 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 way that I mentioned this here. The um, I think they're called the Vry Vrythund or Vrythons. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah, they're just. They remind me of, like, the, um, it's a mixture of the Shadow King from the X-Men, from, mm-hmm. like, the Claremont run way back. Yep, yep. And, uh, and it's a mixture of, like, those, like, spirit wraiths in, like, Final Fantasy VII Remake or something, you know? It's got right. that, they're, they're almost like wraiths. Yep. And so when Gan goes to fight these guys, he basically comes across one that can speak. Yeah. Yep. And I'm really curious as to what that means, because it seems as if the way he reacts to it, it seems like that's something that hasn't happened to him in the past. Right. So there's a there's a
1: whole history there between the two, um, between the the people that Gan is a part of mm-hmm. and the Braithans. They're, um, you know, like it says in the first book, you know, every every so often um when one of the people comes to a certain age they have to go out and they have to bring back yes. the head of one of these creatures to yes. prove that they're that they're up stone you yeah know, that they're that they're worthy of being worthy. worthy people yeah um and gan being who he is of course he brings back two and he goes out all the time to do this yes even though he only had to do it once yeah he still goes out and he does it so king. he has a lot of experience with these creatures so for him to hear one that speaks it really makes him question what like what's really happening what's going on what are these things um yeah. Yeah. and i i do push them sort of into the background a little bit mm-hmm. um because I want people to forget about them a little bit and then they'll yes. pop in again and they yes, pop in yes. and out so it's like there's- okay don't forget there's still these things out there. Clearly, an idea. underlying
0: mystery there yeah. that we have yet to see, you know, fully reveal itself. So, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. and uh, you um, know, hopefully sooner rather than later, I'll be able to write that story and bring that out. That sort of ties them together a little bit more, uh, makes a little bit more sense of of that relationship.
0: Yeah. So, um, so we're talking a lot about the characters here, but but tell me a little bit about the genesis of of the of stone universe and and where that idea sort of came from
1: well it's kind of funny because there's a whole thick stack of comics that i have worked on that all sort of stemmed from this one idea Mm -hmm. i was going to do this grand story that had like zombies and noir kind of story and some ghosts and um it was all going to be in this sort of alternate reality place and Uh, you know, there was this one character, he was just like this big hulking creature that had just kind of like a smiley face. (laughs) Um, And I tried to sort of start doing that. And I think one of the the biggest problems when anyone decides that they want to make a comic is they have this grand story that they want to tell. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. And they
1: try to start there. Yeah. Try to start with this grand story. And... Like nine point9 out of ten times, I guarantee you that that story will never happen mm-hmm. because it's just so big, there's so much to it it will never get done. You it's may start it, you may do a little bit here, do a little bit there. yeah, but nothing much will come of it. So right. I was I was walking to work one day and I was walking through this alley and as I'm walking through that alley, I was thinking, you know it'd be really crazy if you're actually being chased by zombies through this alley. And then I thought, well, I kind of had this zombie story here, so mm-hmm. maybe I'm going to start with that. So what ended up happening was I, I did this uh, web comic called Stranger,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so I took the zombies that I was going to do for this one big story, and I put them in that comic. And I started thinking about, I don't know, it was pr- probably a few issues into that, maybe three or four issues into that, uh-huh. and I started thinking about this other character that was part of that whole storyline. You know the big guy with the smiley face, and oh, I love yes. drawing like big hulky characters. I just think that's cool. Like I'm a big fan of Swamp Thing as well, like I said, or yeah, Swamp Thing, know, Hulk. Fantastic yep. Four's thing, or like yep, any character thing. that's yep. just like
0: massive. Yes, yeah. You know, I can see, um, I can see it. <laughs> yeah,
1: um, and I just started fleshing that a little bit, so I just started sketching. I'm just sketching it out and sketching it out, sketching it out, and then. I had an idea for a story and I was I was doing this zombie webcomic and I thought, well, I don't want to be the guy who just does that zombie webcomic. I want to do something else. I want to show that I can do other things.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure.
1: Um, so when I was taking the uh, transit into work, I would get on my phone and I just start writing this story out. So I, I wrote the entire first issue uh, on transit on my phone. Oh. um and when i say first issue the fact is that story was actually basically a one and done it was a one shot there wasn't supposed to be any more to really? it except for this one story yeah oh,
0: so interesting
1: yeah so that i printed it in black and white there's a black and white comic thing so anyone who has those black and white comics you know it's a collector's edition now yeah it's probably, it's probably worth like ones of dollars somewhere um <laughs> but that sort of sat on after i finished that um i did pretty well with that one on the convention circuit up here um people seemed to really enjoy it
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh i had grown tired of doing those, the zombie comic i had only done like five issues of that started a six but wasn't really feeling it anymore um but i still wanted to make the comics and i kept going back to of stone and i kept thinking about how open-ended the story was. And I, I did leave clues in yes. that first issue. Yes. That could lead to a bigger story.
0: Yeah. So I, I started it.
1: thinking about that bigger story. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it comes to, you know, making your own comics, I think it's super important that you start small. Sure. So yeah, back in the beginning, I had this massive idea, this grand epic. 300 pages oh yeah it's going to be wicked but then you know tone it down okay it's a one shot Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did my web comic for a little bit that was cool I do like a page a week post that Um, but then I had this one shot that I did and what I loved about doing that one shot was that that let me tell a nice contained story from start to finish Mm -hmm. so that could have been it and that would have been fine I
0: would have been a good ending too because he just he goes back there and he has the two heads and he's like i am of stone that's yep. that's your mission statement that is yep. your your story yeah yep. actually
1: i sent it to a friend of mine um my buddy fred uh-huh. um like uh, the comics community up here especially in the toronto area mm-hmm. they're a really tight-knit group so lots of people know each other lots of people communicate with each other and everybody's really supportive of each other which is really great about up here um and I see that online a a lot as well um so I thought okay you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna send this to him and see what he thinks because I know that he likes fantasy comics and you know he's a he's a writer of comics himself and he's done quite a few things so I sent it to him and I'm just kind of scratching my head okay I haven't heard back from him for a few days maybe he hates it you know, being the fragile artist that I am, it's like okay, obviously, <laughs> because he hasn't written me back. And a couple of days later, a couple of days later, I get this email back from him, and he just types, "Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, I think I did
0: okay. Don't you love reactions like that? I just yeah. love it. Oh my yeah. god, it's so funny. It's
1: so crazy. I mean, that was. I mean. It, it, it was funny but at the same time it was it felt really good to hear that from him because that tells me that he appreciated it yes
0: yes exactly exactly um
1: and later on i was able to actually collaborate with him on another another comic that we worked on um so it was really great to work with him um and i i like sometimes just sitting back and not having to write and just drawing what other people write Mm -hmm. um sure because i find that helps me with my art game as well yeah because when i'm when I don't know about anybody else, but I have a tendency to write what I know how to draw. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when you're drawing somebody else's words, they don't know what you can and can't draw.
0: It's a challenge. Right? They yeah.
1: they see what you can draw, but they don't know that you can't draw certain things. Yeah. Um. So when I I was working with um, it was actually of Stone that I sent to Kevin Joseph.
0: Yes. Yeah. The writer um, of
1: uh, Tart. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, we had him on. Kevin our show. and I were chatting because of another podcast we met over another podcast. So he listened to me on the podcast, I listened to him, and we just sort of contacted each other and said, "Hey man, I like your work. Let's send each other some some comics." So he sent me some. That's tart. awesome. I sent him up Stone, and uh, we got the mutual appreciation
0: society going. And that was how you came to be on our show as well was through Kevin Joseph because he actually suggested it to me to to look you up and vice versa.
1: Yeah, and and Kevin is one of the most fantastic people I've ever had the privilege of meeting in comics. Mm, like just yeah. an absolutely selfless fella. And he gives I saw that yeah. he gives credit to anyone and everyone he can who he feels deserves it. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he the man's just got a big heart. He's incredibly generous and he's a hell of a writer too. Yes. Um I'm, after I'm he read it. of Stone <laughs> Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the title "Morte" uh, from Sourcepoint Press. Uh, you have a chance you, to read
0: that. I have not had a chance to read that yet. No. Okay. I'll look after
1: it this is done. I'm going to send this to you. Okay. I'm surprised he didn't bring this up either. No. Um, so he emails me and he says, "Like, okay, I have an idea for a comic, but first, here's all the reasons why you shouldn't do it." <laughs> <laughs> he sent me this list. I'm like. <clears throat> Okay, so it's going to be wordless, so a lot of the storytelling is going to be on your shoulders, it's going to be make or break, and it will be your fault if it doesn't work. He didn't exactly say that, but, but and then he said, you know, uh, I don't know what we're going to do with it, but I really want to tell this story, if you really want to draw it, and uh, he said, just let me send you the script, and then you tell me what you think. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: So he sent me the script to Morte. And I read it and I was just like, holy shit, dude, we, we got to make this.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And so it was one of the more challenging books I've ever worked on Hmm. because you can really rely on the writing to tell the story in most cases, Mm -hmm. but with a silent comic, Hmm. you have to be able to tell that story clearly in the images you're putting down now he he provides the direction yeah with all his words and how he describes each of the panels and what he wants to happen Mm -hmm. but you know he didn't say okay this is how many panels this is this is exactly how the panel should look he left it really open he just sort of gave me the breakdown of you know what this panel should probably be and what this page needs to get across and here's the point of what i'm trying to say with this so he was really Open to collaboration, Hmm. Um, so that was a real treat to work on. So we finished that, and we're really proud of it. We're like, okay, great. Now we have this comic. What are we gonna do? Oh, I don't know. Okay, well, we should probably. I mean, we could kickstart it. (laughs) So we thought about that for a little while. He says, okay. So before, because you know, he has his experience with the Kickstarter. He's quite good at it. If you ask me. Yes. Yes. but then he said okay i want to kind of want to shop it around to some publishers mm-hmm. so let's see what see what people say and mm-hmm. we'll take it from there yeah and we got a few rejections which is fine it it happens it's not unexpected mm-hmm. and then uh source point press said okay let's do it and that was a big risk for them because it's a one-shot oh, it's, it's a single yeah. issue one-shot comic and yeah. not a lot of publishers will do that yeah they want at least like a trade
0: yeah six issues let's say or
1: yeah like a six issue story
0: arc something thick something that'll yeah that'll be worth the return you can put Um, it in the bookstores and 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 the libraries and whatnot yeah yep so they Mm -hmm.
1: they took a big chance on us um and you know we think it paid off pretty well um so Mm -hmm. that that was cool because that was the first time that i had ever had any of my stuff in previews Mm mm-hmm um, wow. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was really fun to see. He was like, that's oh, awesome. so I had this little wall of fame down in my studio. Uh I'd I'd be podcasting from down there right now, but it's a big mess. Um because I'm working on a painting right now and that's taking up all the space. Oh, gotcha. <clears throat> um but yeah, so I have this little wall of fame where I have okay. There's my proof for um for Stranger, the webcomic I did. Mm-hmm. Um and then I have you know, of stone, and I have uh, a Rom versus a Croyer pinup I did for um, an issue of Rom from IDW. Oh, cool! That? That Very cool. Because I loved yeah. Rom when I was a kid, and I loved yeah. them, like, when I was a kid. So, oh yeah, to be totally able to have something in there. It's like, oh, that's totally wicked. Because <laughs> <clears throat> um, they just said, okay, if you want to, if you want to submit a pinup for our, our next issue, send it in. So like, that's awesome. Oh, so why not? Wow,
0: that's so cool. Yeah, of course you don't oh. get paid
1: for it or anything like that. I don't think anybody cares but me. But I put it up there on my wall of fame anyway. Um, awesome. Yeah, speaking of the first issue of Stranger, I think, um, I don't know if you know anybody who's who's making comics or anything like that or is about to sort of go into making comics. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I can say, this was my first time self-publishing anything. Mm-hmm. So... As far as i I was concerned this was the greatest thing ever mm-hmm. and it's going to sell like hot cakes this is the best story it's fantastic um i just recently reread it it wasn't terrible you know it was the first comic i did and you can kind of tell but uh i was doing fan expo one year i just decided to get a table because why not i i was going whole hog in this whole crater thing and i went and i got like 250 issues printed up. And I was like, "Yeah, these will sell it for the weekend, you know, and then I'll make all this money, and people will know me, and it'll be great." Blah blah. blah. I, was, I didn't know anything because by the end of that weekend, I think I had sold 20 issues. Oh man, the entire weekend. So that was a real big eye opener for me because mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is, nobody cares about your comic.
0: Mm it's it's difficult to get your comic noticed and to get your own sort of brand out there yeah Um, even at conventions yeah 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 and especially
1: if nobody knows who you are this is your first time out yeah it is highly likely that nobody's going to care because it's the first time they're seeing you yeah right that being said on the flip side if you keep going to all these conventions you can't just have the same stuff yeah because people would be like, well, I already have that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or the stuff on your table is the exact same stuff that was there last year or two years before. Yeah. So I'll see you around. <laughs> you know, so if once you start making, you have to keep going. If yeah, that's like if you're going to go on the conventions, unless you're going to new conventions all the time where, you know, you're going to be able to make those rounds and people are going to be picking it up because, you know, maybe they've heard your name but they haven't seen you at a convention before and now they're exposed to all your books you
0: know um you just got to keep creating yeah in, in anything you do i've i've noticed that when i went to conventions and i used to hang out in the artist alley and, and look at all the prints and look at all the you know the independent comics and stuff from local creators uh, i lived yeah. in hawaii until last year uh and then i moved to florida oh, wow. um yeah, so that was that was a move. But I had you know. gone to conventions right before we left and um I had seen like there there's it, it always pained me like it always made me really feel like like bad because I couldn't buy everything, you know? And I yeah. really wanted to. Like I yep. walking past the artists and stuff, you know, you you want to support especially like local artists and things mm-hmm. like that. You want to support people that are you can tell they're they're making their livelihood off of it. And um, or at least part of their livelihood off of it, and so, yep. like for me, it was it was always like, oh my god, I don't have enough money, but I, if I could, I would, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And um and so what I would do in those cases is I would just ask them for like a card or something and see if I could buy it maybe later online or something like that, you know, at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at least try that, and you you know, but um, yeah, it's it's so it's fascinating to see because there's so much creativity. Mm-hmm. And there's so much artistry out there and I can't draw a stick figure. I'm yeah. terrible at that. Like, I, like my thing is writing and that's yeah. about it. And like, um, So for me, you know, going around and just seeing all these artists and, and just, I, I, I feel that struggle mm-hmm. and, and I feel that like that, that sort of like, I want to just put my art out there. So like, so let's let's talk about that a little bit and just say like you know what what is it with your art that you want to put out into the world? What message do you want to send with of stone? And is there a message? Is there is there something with, baked in there that you kind of want people to see?
1: I don't know. It's like with of stone, a lot of it. The main story really is about family,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know. And I I think you if you that. go through it, you'll you'll get that yeah um it's it's super important and his wife they they've experienced a great loss yes um even gaiety she has her own family yeah um and you you don't see them together that much Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but you know there's a whole reason for that and and everybody's family is they're still family but all in their own different ways you know Mm -hmm. just like us Mm -hmm. yeah family means different things to different people yes um yeah. So, I mean, without Stone, it, it's family. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's the one big message. like family is super important to me. Being a dad is probably one of the best decisions I ever made. Yeah. Even though, you know, 20 years ago, if you had asked me about it, I probably would have laughed in your face. <laughs> um, but, you know, personally, I feel like it's something I'm really good at and something that I love.
0: And even, even the antagonistic characters, like you have the, um, forgive me again, the the Vosh. Yeah, I think. Yeah. And you, you have him and his son and what yep. they're going through and how they're trying to sort of, you know, like the Vosh has a place in society, but his son is sort of there and he's trying to figure his out. Yeah. Like he doesn't quite know where he fits into this and he's mm-hmm. ambitious and he wants, and he's very
1: different from everyone else.
0: Yes, he's very different. Yeah. So, and so,
1: you know, he has his own struggles because, you know, he wants to he wants to please his dad, he wants to impress his dad,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because he knows he's special. And his dad is like, No, this is the way you have to be. Yeah, this is who we are. Yeah. if you are not this, there's a problem. Yeah. You know his dad mean? is
0: the traditionalist. And he's the one yeah. who's kind of trying to break out from that. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting plot point as well. And
1: his, and his dad, his dad doesn't see that his son's his son is trying to make things better for them. Yeah. In in his perspective. But his dad can't see <laughs> that because he's so um like he's got the blinders on. This is he's, who I am. This is our place in society. This is who we are. Duty bound. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's you know something else that's gonna come into play down the road.
0: And I, I love the use of mythological creatures as well. Like you have, you know, you have ogres, you have mm-hmm. the wraiths, you have um golems. Yeah. Um and you have the minotaur. Yo, yeah, yeah. I love him. Reese. Yes. I love him him too. He's like, he's a character that I definitely was like, wow, this is interesting. Okay. So now we're going somewhere here with, we're going into a different direction here with the story. Yeah. Which is something that I really love. And the size of this guy. Yeah. Gan's a huge character. Yeah. And then you have Reese, and Reese literally dwarfs him. It's like looking at the giant and Hulk Hogan back in 1996 watching WCW Nitro. It's just like, you know, you got like, It's the biggest guy who is then just dwarfed by the bigger guy. Yeah.
1: Who comes out of nowhere. The the relationship between them Mm -hmm. is something that I really love because. Yeah. Like, Gan would do anything for his friend. Yes. Even though, given the opportunity, his friend might kill him. Yeah. But it's not his fault. And Gan knows that.
0: And Reese has that uh, that hulk thing about him too, about his personality, where he's like, he's super smart and then he just hulks out. Yeah. But he's super mellow most of the time. Yep. And then all of a sudden, you know, something can happen and he'll just he'll he'll go crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and and you know, and he's got that huge hammer, you know, that that shot of him with the with the big mallet that he's holding over over Gan. Yeah. And I'm thinking the whole time, I'm thinking beta ray bill. Okay. Before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> in a way, but like <laughs> that just that reminded me of that, and it was so it, you know it was such a good little moment there.
1: Yeah, I remember I was having actually a conversation with someone at a convention, and we we're talking about fantasy, and this is before I had done a mm-hmm. stone.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And uh, you know, I was talking about yeah, I was thinking about doing a fantasy comic or something like that. And she's like, oh, would it be like, you know, Lord of Lord of the Rings kind of world, or you know, that sort of typical mythological kind of setting? And I was like, yeah, you know, I think it would be. And the disappointment on her face, let me tell you, she was just like, oh. <laughs> and I really took that to heart. I was like, okay, so why am I going to write this story in somebody else's world? Like, I have the potential to make up any creature I want in any setting I want and make them be however I want And I'm just going to get stuck in this in this typical world. So I wanted to have the familiarity of. Of sort of the fantasy universe, Mm -hmm. but mix it up a little bit so that it would be mine. Yeah, you know, so, yeah, we do have the Minotaur.
0: I think you succeeded because I can't think of another story that I've read that's told from the, the point of view of the 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 sort of the ogre people or like the golem people or i I was thinking
1: about i was thinking about conan but from the perspective of the monsters exactly yeah you know what i mean
0: i get that yeah
1: um and with with reese especially i was thinking about the the myth of the the minotaur and the labyrinth yes yes and i thought okay what if the labyrinth had a purpose yeah like like what if the labyrinth was an extension of the minotaur. Like he wasn't just plot there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But what if this is something that he was actually building? Like he was doing something with it. Yeah. And I love the idea of see, I'm I'm not a mathematics guy, but I love the idea that mathematics is behind everything. Yes. Yeah. Like everything is a calculation. So with Reese, yeah, he's he's actually plotting out everything that's happening using math. Yes. And so everything needs to be in its proper place.
0: Yes. And he yes. understands,
1: okay, this is why I'm putting this over here. So this is going to happen because with, according to this calculation, this is the most likely thing that's going to happen over here. So when Gan shows up, he's like, no, 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 no. no! This is all wrong.
0: Yes, this, yes, and, which and sets he freaks out.
1: Yeah, yeah, he freaks out because it's so wrong. Yeah. And that's what sets everything into place mm-hmm. for the rest of the story. Yeah. Because Gan showed up at the wrong time.
0: Yeah. That's
1: right. And and um Fagra knows that. Gan's wife.
0: Yeah, Fagra, yes, yes. She
1: knows that if he goes to see Reese, it may end badly for him.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is
1: why she pleads with him, why she's mad at him for going. Yeah. But Gan also appreciates just how smart his friend is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he needs his he needs his friend's help.
0: Yeah. He needs his so, guidance. Yeah. 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 And that's hey, also no. that's that's another mystery is is what the connection is there to to Fegra and how she's, um, can we say it or is it too spoilery?
1: Uh, we can just say you know spoiler alert. Okay. And talk yeah, openly I'll, about it and people can skip past. And... I'll
0: I'll label it. I'll label yeah. it as we we do discuss some spoilers that people are reading. Um, so like so with Fegra, apparently she's dying, is what Gan is thinking. So he goes to Reese for help. And um, this is my understanding of it. You can tell me if I'm wrong. That's right. And um, and so, like, you know, he goes to Reese and it throws everything off. It throws off all of Reese's patterns mm-hmm. and his sort of view of the future and where it's going. And Gan does this because he's trying to save his wife.
1: Yeah.
0: And that is kind of like one of the central mysteries here in this book, in my opinion, in in, mm-hmm. in what I've seen of it. Um and also, like, what what is what is um, is it Vosh or is it his son who's trying to manipulate Fagra a little bit?
1: It's at his the son. Wall?
0: It's his son, right? Okay, yeah. I got that right. Yeah. Um. So, like, I only had time to do one week, one uh, read through. That's why. So I'm like, yep, yep. I'm, I'm still a little bit iffy on the plot that's details, okay. but I'm trying to like Walking work it out on as person. we talk here. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, so yeah. So Vosh's son is trying to manipulate. Um, Fegra. Mm-hmm. and I'm curious to see where this goes because oh man there's just something about Vash's son that's creeping me out right now like yep. he's totally he's 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 hitting on her and at the same time he's got that like his his proxy yep. that he's using yeah is sort of developing its own sentience it's kind of like becoming its own person
1: so here's my question to you now though yeah is is this proxy developing its own personality Mm -hmm. or is the personality that's being suppressed coming out hmm i'm not saying one or the other but i'm just saying what's possible
0: yeah yeah Uh, there's a definite possibility there
1: yeah yeah and i think um everything that um the vash's son does goes towards his his idea Of what Mm -hmm. needs to happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he's doing all of this for a reason. Because he feels like his father should be the one to rule the people.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And his father doesn't see it that way. His father's like, this is my place. This is what I do. This is your place. This is what you do. So sit down, shut up, learn something.
0: Yes, yes.
1: But his son has his own ideas. And he's like, okay, my dad doesn't want me to help him. Mm -hmm. but I'm going to help him anyway
0: it's a very interesting story i have to Mm -hmm. say like i i'm i'm hooked you got me hooked on this awesome my friend Um, awesome so is this um is this comic now let's talk about like how people can read it so is is it available anywhere um in uh comic shops or on digital marketplaces or is it on like kickstarter
1: i had it on kickstarter okay i successfully kickstarted that uh a while ago. Okay. Um so it successfully funded at 120%, which was really great. Nice. Awesome. Um <laughs> I see. I was going to have it on the convention circuits and have it with me whenever I go, etc. Mm, yeah. But of course, as you know, things <sighs> haven't quite gone that way. Nope, um <laughs> So really I should set up a store, but I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Mm-hmm. Um but if people do want it, then they can always message me. And uh, we can set something up and I can send it out because um, I still awesome. have a few copies left for sure. And, um, you know, I've, I've had a lot of help putting that together. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to do something special with the book. Sure. Uh, and I know that when people print these trades, they tend to put um, pinups in them or have yeah. artist friends do the pinups and stuff like that. Yes. And I, I have a lot of artist friends who've contributed a lot of great work. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of pinups. Um and I actually made those pinups into prints for the Kickstarter. Oh nice. Um, yeah. That's so awesome. people yeah. Could, people could contribute to them. So I have uh artists like Shane Hare and Adam gorham and uh uh Chris Yao, uh Andrew Hahn did one, uh sort of like Keith gracho So fantastic artists who 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 I've had the pleasure of knowing. Mm-hmm. But I didn't wanna just do pinups and I wanted to make it something special. Mm -hmm. So I reached out to writer friends of mine. Yes. And I said, how would you feel about contributing a short story? Yeah. So these short stories are sort of um, scattered between each issue.
0: Yes, yes. they, Uh, They
1: sort of help expand the mythology a little bit too.
0: Yeah, they do. I was and, gonna um, actually bring them up as well. Excellent. Then we're on the right track. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> exactly.
1: One of one of the different things that I did was um one of the artists I mentioned before, Shane Heron, is mm-hmm. also an incredible pastry chef. Yes. So he <laughs> he uh, was able to like Reese the the Minotaur it mm-hmm. is obsessed with Andrew's root pie. Yes. That's one of his things. He likes to talk about it. He loves it.
0: And he loves it, yeah.
1: And one of the the writers that I paid to to help me out, he actually wrote a whole story about why Reese loves the Andrew's root pie so much. <laughs> um, and then Shane actually did the recipe for
0: Andrew's root pie. That's amazing. I know. Yeah. I, I I I was chuckling at that when I read it because I was just like, oh my gosh. This so that, <laughs> this that's kind great. of
1: it's kind of a fun part <laughs> of it. So you you sort of because Andrew's root is not a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you can swap the Andrew's Root for sweet potatoes. So you can yeah. make this sweet potato pie. <laughs> so, when I was doing the Kickstarter, I actually did a video of my daughter and I making the pie. Oh, wow. And serving it up. And yeah, so it was, it was just kind of fun. Now, interesting trivia for you
0: mm-hmm.
1: Andrew's Root comes from the name of one of the characters in Dragon Age.
0: Oh. Oh yes yeah. yes that makes sense i got it yep <laughs> i was just
1: trying to come up with some name and, and i was playing through dragon age i was like
0: i like that name anders yeah
1: <laughs> anders anders root anders, anders. there we go that's what it is so that's a little call out there
0: and it's actually sweet potato pie how about that Yep.
1: Wow. yep. so if you do like your sweet potato pie you can uh, hit me up online and uh, i will send you the book that you will have to buy to get the recipe for the sweet potato pie.
0: <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's how you do it. Yeah. Sell it to all those aspiring pastry chefs right out there and sweet
1: potato pie lovers. <laughs> I'd never had a sweet potato pie before, so I wasn't sure how it was going to be, but I actually
0: really enjoyed Interesting. it. So it was cool. Yeah. yeah. Um Okay, and so So now to kind of finish up our interview here. Um, let's talk about like, what are your tastes in modern comics? Like what, what, what are are you reading anything right now? Or are you just, or are you watching any TV shows or anything that's Um, particularly inspiring for you?
1: To be honest with you, I just went through the first compendium of Invincible.
0: Nice. Yeah. I, I had read a lot about
1: it and, uh, I was just I was scrolling through Amazon one day and it came up as one of those oh you might like this and yes it was, yes it, it was some 20% discount on it or something like that. I was like, you know nice. what? Yeah I'm gonna buy this. So and
0: got Let's that. See. So you got the huge compendium, the, the yeah. first volume. Yeah. Oh okay, oh, it's cool, massive. Cool. So I'm yeah. going through
1: that in a weekend. Nice. Um really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Um and I've also been reading through the classic Akira. Oh,
0: oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so Going through well, my son is huge into manga right now. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Huge. Yeah, so manga's
0: said, manga's killing it. <laughs> yeah, and I was
1: I was talking to him about many, Akira because you know he'd watch some anime too. And I said, Oh, yes. we should watch Akira together sometime. Oh yeah. And I'm watching it and I was thinking about the comics. Sorry, manga. And I was like, you know, I've never read the manga and there's so much to it. I wonder what there we're is. actually missing out on.
0: Oh, like all of it. <laughs> so much, so much. It's like 80% crazy. of the story is all yeah. in the manga yeah. and not in the movie. Yeah. And the so, movie is mean, still good. I, I, I enjoy the movie. Yeah. Like it as its own thing. But like, yeah, the um, manga really fleshes manga out everybody. There's so
1: much more to it. And yeah. like some of the characters that you see for like a brief instant on the screen. Yeah. Are you know pretty major characters within the book itself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's been sort of a fun realization. But then looking at the art in the book Mm -hmm. has been really inspirational for me. Yes. The way he draws buildings, the way, you know, he even draws the vehicles, like his line work. Yes. Remarkable. Like there's, there's some artists whose line work, I just really, really appreciate. And he's one of them. Yes. Um, Leonard Kirk is another one.
0: Yes. Yes. Leonard Kirk. Oh my gosh.
1: Honestly, dude, like the way I get jealous when I look at his work (laughs) because You know, he could go into great detail and build this fantastically detailed drawing, whatever, but he doesn't have to, because he can suggest so much with the simplest of lines that it's like, how the fuck did you do that? Like, how (laughs) do you do that? And I'll be looking at it as like, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. I I just think it's fantastic. So, you know, when an artist, uh, not not just Leonard, but others like Mm -hmm. him, you know, when they can create such a beautiful drawing with such a a great economy of line, Mm -hmm. it blows my mind. I love it. Like, you don't have to blow me away with all this detail. You can blow me away with zero detail because Mm -hmm. I feel like that takes more skill Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to not draw what's there and still make it seem like it's there. I see. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. I love that. I see a little bit in, like, you know, when you were, when um, you introduced the the concept of the wall, the the sort of the wall of, of sorrow. In, oh, the, yeah. in the story yeah. Um, and the way that you draw like that the first image of the wall where it's like a top down shot and mm-hmm. you see like the the stalactites and the ceiling and everything that are kind of just coming down yep. and the the shading that you use there and the way that you draw it sort of reminds me a little bit of Chris Bosholo okay and his art Um, yeah. you know how he you know how he would kind of draw that additional sort of texture to his art sometimes mm-hmm. when he's doing like backgrounds or like snowy landscapes or like caves yep. or something yep yeah, it's kind of like that to me. Uh, maybe it's just me, but I don't know. That's kind of what I saw in it. Um, yeah, that
1: page was the bane of my existence for the longest time. Really? Oh my yeah. goodness! Yeah, yeah. It
0: came out so well though. I mean, it, I, I'm looking at a it It took a couple now. redos.
1: I'm not gonna lie. It took a couple of redos.
0: You know what though? It's one of my favorite pages in the I'll entire book.
1: Oh, that's yeah. great. Thanks, yeah. Thanks. Thank you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, it just and it sets the stage for that for the the wall. You know, the that sort of it's it's so like imposing and then when you see it at ground level it's like you can feel the emotion there yeah so that's what i like about it
1: that was um the page after that where figure approaches the wall yes yes um well i think it was actually two pages after that
0: yeah two pages really
1: emotional pages for me like yes they they may be two of the my favorite pages that i've ever drawn and written together yes just because of, like for me it's really impactful
0: yeah um and I, I that... love that I love the the gut punch that you deliver there because everything's been so physical yeah for the rest of the book all the violence has been physical and then you just hit us with that moment and you see the tragedy yeah so yeah. you know as as someone who appreciates that the kind of writing and that kind of you know that that moment in storytelling mm-hmm. um I really I really was impressed by that
1: oh thanks no i I really wanted to um get inside her head. Yeah. And and show the readers where she is. Yeah. You know, like they've experienced this loss. And we don't know how long ago it was, mm-hmm. but we know that it's still affecting them to this day. Mm-hmm. Like the both of them in their own ways.
0: And it's interesting too because you feel that emotion, even though it's it's like for me, I, I didn't really understand like what the you know what the idea of how they, you know, like they said that they formed them, yeah. Like they they formed their offspring as opposed yeah. to giving birth. Yeah. And so like you know I don't really under as a reader I don't fully grasp what the formation process is.
1: Like uh, Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore in Ghost.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. You could, <laughs> yeah exactly. I mean that's pretty much it. But I mean yeah. like you know there's a bit of a mystery there. But even though there's a mystery there, there's still. That emotion, which is, I think, stronger than that. You know, mm-hmm. it, it it breaks through the confusion as a reader. And it just reminds you that that these characters are sort of human. Yeah. In a way, oh, even though they're, they're of stone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're made they're... of stone, but they're yep. human. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, they're uh, so you know, that's just good storytelling, man. Just hats off to you for that. So thanks. Um uh, you know, um, Tell me a little bit about your your history now, your personal history as an artist. So, so you're from uh, Toronto, that area?
1: Um, yeah, Toronto area. Um, I lived downtown for the longest time, but then moved out to the suburbs oh, when we had kids, because uh, it just wasn't a, a great place to be with children for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, you know, we have a nice nice big backyard that the children can run around in and do all that. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, I went to. I mean, I was one of those kids that was just always drawing.
0: You know, Mm -hmm. when
1: I was in class, I was doodling, I was drawing, um, making little comic books for my buddies and, you know, terrible, terrible comic books, to be honest with you, just (laughs) just thinking about them. I was talking with someone um, the other day about them. And I'm just thinking about like, it's so embarrassing. If those were to show up, it would be terrible. That's funny. My sister, she pulls these things out of nowhere but I guess she kept a lot of these things that I used to draw and every other Christmas or every couple of Christmases, she'll pull these out of nowhere. She'll bring them out. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> so, but it's still kind of fun to see, right? Yeah. I was like, okay, that's that's what I was into. Like the, there was one time I was really into uh, Battle of the Planets and uh, you know, there's one comic page that I drew. You could really tell that I was super into Battle of the Planets <laughs> and uh, for kicks, I actually redrew it how i draw it now oh wow how i draw now so that was a really (laughs) fun experiment um but yeah i've just been always drawing and then when i was finishing high school i had no idea what i wanted to do Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um i knew that i loved to draw but i mean i had no no real formal training with anything Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: then i figured okay i'm gonna go to art school nice and uh i applied to go to all these art schools and i put together some shitty portfolio um and all the schools said no except for sheridan college and sheridan college said well okay we're not going to accept you into this program but you can come to our fundamentals program um because you're not quite good enough for this but we can make you good enough for this like okay sure i'll do that it's only a one-year course i'll Mm -hmm. do that Mm -hmm. and uh so i did that for the year and that's where i discovered this Uh, great joy of oil painting Mm -hmm. loved oil painting it was fantastic um not a great career choice but I I still loved oil painting um so then I applied to the Nova Scotia College of Art and Design got accepted there went out there for a year um I went out there with someone that I probably shouldn't have um so (laughs) the year after that I ended up going to uh what was then the Ontario College of Art, but is now, I think, uh, the Ontario College of Art and Design University, I think, OKDU in Toronto. Um, and I spent a few years there. Uh, and then I was like, OK, I'm good enough at art, I'm going to quit. And so I just went out and got a job and did that. I I, I really regret that decision.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: wish that I, I stuck with it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I, I just sort of, you know, I, I still did a lot of painting, did all mm-hmm. that stuff, um, but then I just sort of fell off the wagon, got more interested in girls than art and partying than art and everything else kind of fell by the wayside. Um, and I, you know, I was married and had a job and I was doing that and I wasn't very satisfied with, with my job. Um, even though my job was creative to cer to a certain degree, I just mm-hmm. felt like I was a bit of a, an art monkey. More than anything Mm -hmm. else, right? Because everybody had a great idea of of what the art should be, except for me.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: So I didn't get to do a lot of what I wanted to do. And I was talking to a buddy at work, and she just said, uh, "So, you know, why don't you do something you want to do then?"
0: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) You know, i I had always loved comics. Um, You know, and I had done a little bit of, you know, drawing comic stuff here and there. I said, "Okay, that's. I'm going to start." I'm going to make a comic. Why not? I don't know what I'm going to do. So I'm going to make this web comic. Yeah. Web comic. That's what I can do. It's not going Mm -hmm. to cost me anything. I just need to post it online. I can post it here and it'll be good. So that's where stranger the zombie comic um, came in posting that web comic because you Mm -hmm. know, one of my buddies said, Oh, just do something. I had the idea for the comic. I wanted to do that grand Epic story. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, But that's when I just, I just couldn't, Get it down on paper, so I moved to do this one little bit, like this zombie story.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then once I started doing that, like it was all downhill from there. <laughs> I all got, right, I got bitten by the comic bug.
0: Um, and then just to switch gears back to the to of Stone uh, once again. So you did also the the coloring process on this as well. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So So this was truly a a one man show, this whole entire book here. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Wow. Like I said, the first issue was just in black and white. Yeah. uh Which makes printing a lot cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. Um, (laughs) So it proved to be a bit of a challenge when I went back in to do colors.
0: Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But if I was going to do the rest of the story, I didn't want to have one issue in black and white and then the rest in color. It didn't make sense to me. So that's why I ended up being.
0: even the colors that you used are um, they're they're muted, but it works mm-hmm. for the story. yeah because you know it's kind of his journey. it's Gan's, uh journey of of like you know it's it's violent and it's his journey of self-discovery kind of mm-hmm. and we're seeing sort of his origin mm-hmm. um, sort of take place there. So I think it actually worked because it's kind of a flashback. yeah. so having the muted colors and and it kind of adds to the atmosphere of the Mm -hmm. work so Mm -hmm. i think it works for me um and then it it gets brighter as the as the trade sort of goes along as the trade paperback goes along yeah um and he gets a gaiety and her uh by the way she has one of my favorite segments which is the segment in the tavern in the bar where that guy comes up there and just starts hitting on her yeah and she just completely just bowls him over and shuts him down which is just uh one of my favorite parts of the book i love
1: i love that little story yeah that she tells yes because it shows that she's not just a club people over the head thing no she's clever and she's crafty um and she doesn't take any
0: shit yes exactly yeah yeah that's a great character there i can't wait to see where her story goes so Mm -hmm. um are you planning on continuing this story um on kickstarter or anything like that um what is i do
1: i do plan i've already started drawing it okay um i've had some scholastic work come up over the past few years that always sort of takes a few months of my time so i'll sure. start doing something and then but like when a paid gig comes along you know you got to take it
0: yes um, yes absolutely
1: and then i got hit up with another project like I, I get hit up with projects here and there so it's like okay i want to do this and then i want to do this so there's so much that i want to do um So if I'm working on all these other things, it makes it difficult to work on my own things. So I'm still, like there's still so many stories I want to tell, Mm -hmm. so many stories I want to tell.
0: I can't draw everything
1: at once. Yeah. Um, So I do have the ideas for the next couple of issues. Uh, I started drawing the next one. um, So I know where it's going to go. And I can't wait to sort of tell that story. And like one of the fun parts for me is, and I know it's probably excruciating for people who who have been waiting on the story. Mm-hmm. Um, is when you when you draw, what's super important it, to me is as I draw, I need to get better at drawing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Whatever you're doing, you need to keep getting better. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is you do, I don't I don't care if That's you know, you're um, you're a writer or. Um, you know, you're a manager somewhere or yeah. you're an executive somewhere, you need to get better at what you do. Yes. Because Agreed. once you stop trying to be better, you get worse.
0: Yes, exactly. You know what I mean? It's yeah, stagnation. Um, yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. So I, I feel like the more stories I tell, the better the writing will be, the mm-hmm. better the art will be. Um and I I really feel like I'm at a point where I'm going to need to employ some editors to really help me get to that next level, because they'll have a very critical and objective eye to my work that can just help make it better. You know, and if I can make the next set for of stone better, why wouldn't I? Yeah. Right.
0: Well, you've done a great job with this uh, first volume of of stone and ago i just did the yeah see See? but um you know what though uh um the first volume is excellent and i hope that more people find it and more people read it and just enjoy your work um and one final fun question for you so if you could work on any particular property we're talking marvel dc image you know just basically anything what would it be
1: i would do a Swamp thing awesome hands down Hands down, I would do a Swamp like Thing.
0: Like old, old school Vertigo Swamp Thing?
1: Any Swamp Thing.
0: Any Swamp Thing. Gotcha. Anything.
1: Like it, if it was an old school Vertigo Horror Story Swamp Thing, sure. If it was, to be honest with you, anything Swamp Thing.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I love it. Well, I'll I tell you what, the, the tone of your writing and the way that you write this story definitely would fit in that universe. Because the whole time I was reading this, I was thinking, this is like a Vertigo book. Yeah. It's It reminds me of Sandman. It reminds me of Swamp Thing. It's very, yeah. very cool. So well, maybe like if you're a top. fan of
1: those things, you might like of stone.
0: Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. There you go.
1: See? <laughs> just hit me up and then buy a copy and I'll send it to you. All
0: right, David, this has been a pleasure. Um, so so where can people find you online if they want to uh, order um, the book or just keep in contact with you?
1: On the Twitter, I'm at Renard. That's R-E-N-E-R-D. Uh, Instagram at Renard Bishop. Uh, that's where I'm most active. I'm trying not to be on Facebook. It's kind of a necessary evil.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I hear you
1: on that. I don't really use it for that much, but I'm more Um, active on Twitter and Instagram for sure. And if you wanna see other stuff that I'm working on, for sure, check out Twitter and Instagram, and you'll see, um, I'm putting together a book now called Crude, um, which is, again, one of those massive swampy lake creatures. (laughs) <laughs> i was i drew the story and fred kennedy did the, sorry i drew the art fred kennedy wrote the story um and it was published in as an anthology uh in like eight or nine different issues but now we're putting it together as a trade as its own as its own thing so you can see a lot of work coming up oh, from that
0: awesome awesome um, all right and i have
1: another superhero comic i'm working on called ghost in the alley That one, it's only a 12-page comic, but I'll give that away for free to anybody that wants to read it. Um, Sort of a street-level crime fighter who lives with her grandmother. Wow. Yeah. Interesting.
0: Interesting. All right. I like it. So, yeah, just hit me up online. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Um, All right, guys. You can find us at renegadepopculture.com. We have show notes. We have the podcasts up. We have regular just... uh, text-based articles up there for you to read if you so desire. Um, we also have our official Twitter and Facebook is at Ren Pop Culture. That's R-E-N Pop Culture. And we have a Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash RPC42. All right, guys. This has been another episode of RPC Capes. Uh, we will see you guys next time. Peace out.